Welcome to the CSIS Podcast. I'm Colin Quinn. This week, WikiLeaks released a trove of information purporting to show the methods and tools used by the CIA to conduct surveillance using smartphones, TVs, and other internet-connected devices. So should we all be running to disconnect? And how big a deal is this? To give us some context is Jim Lewis, cybersecurity expert and head of our technology policy program at CSIS. It depends how you define big. So in terms of collection, uh, it will do a lot of near-term damage, right? So all the tools that were used, they're blown. Uh, now they'll have to be rebuilt. Now it'll take at least a few months, maybe even a year, but it'll be a dip in collection. They'll recover. Uh, reputationally, you have uh, Assangio and some of the other people trying as hard as they can to to pump this up into a Snowden-like affair. It doesn't seem to be getting traction. The guys who are going to be the most upset might be the tech companies because their stuff has been shown up to be so uh, buggy. Um, in terms of U.S. reputation elsewhere, so far we haven't seen a lot of reaction from other countries. So I think uh, the final thing is it's a big deal in terms of was the CIA uh, penetrated? Did it have an insider? Um, that's a big deal. That's something we have to worry about. And the, the biggest problem is um, this is part of a larger Russian effort that's been underway for quite some time to damage both the United States and the intelligence community. So you're saying that Russia is more likely to be behind this than, say, a conscious stricken? We don't know. I'm not a big believer in conscious stricken hackers. Uh, could be. I mean, the attention now is focusing on contractors, not on actual CIA employees. But um, if it's not a Russian plan, and as I say, the leading hypothesis is a contractor, it certainly runs parallel to the Russian effort. And it's very likely that some of the things that WikiLeaks is doing is done in coordination with the Russians. And I just made that up. It's not true. But it has happened in the past, so why wouldn't it happen again? Um, let's talk about Silicon Valley, the, the damage done there. Um, there. There had been safeguards set up for really? um, addressing the government addressing. Oh, the vulnerability evaluation or the vulnerability equities, the VEP. That's right, yes. Yeah. VEP, sorry. So is this then going to damage the relationship then with those companies that had tried to be rebuilt post-Snowden? Um, probably not. Uh, the companies will have to do some public posturing. I, the real issue is that why are so many of these products so vulnerable? Uh, and the, the companies say, well, after Snowden, we fix the products to make them less vulnerable. Not enough. Uh, so I think that's more the issue is it's an embarrassment for big tech companies that their stuff is um, so hackable. Uh, will they come back and ask about the vulnerabilities program? There'll be a renewed effort to say that when uh, CIA or NSA finds out about a, about a vulnerability, they should immediately uh, tell the company. And there's a little bit of a dilemma there because let's say you're a company that says, we will not cooperate with the law enforcement agencies. We, they have to do it on their own. Okay, so they went out and did it on their own. That's what you wanted. The answer is no, 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 no. What we meant was uh, it's one or the other. Either you cooperate with them, which the U.S. companies are not doing, or you don't squawk when they do their own magic tricks to get in. And I think there's going to be tension there. But this uh, vulnerabilities process probably um, may be strengthened, but it's probably unworkable in the long run. 
and I'm a bit of a cynic, um, but I'm I'm a civilian when it when it comes to these things. And you know, even I know if something's connected to the internet, it it just raises its possibility of being hacked. So, um, considering say spies are in the field of other uh, nation states, mm -hmm. is any of this a really a surprise? It it shouldn't be a surprise. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that. Uh, we had the Snowden revelations, and what I thought uh, when Snowden stuff came out is if, if you thought that you had privacy online or if you thought that your technology was secure online, now you knew that wasn't true. And within a year, everyone had forgotten. So how long will it take them to forget this time? But no, no connected technology is unhackable, and that's the message here that will come out. And if it's hackable by the CIA, it's hackable by other people too. People are talking about, well, doesn't this give the bad guys or maybe the good guys if you're WikiLeaks, doesn't this give the other side uh, a new set of tools? And the answer is they don't need a new set of tools. They have their own tools. Their own tools work fine. So this isn't proliferation. This isn't a grave risk to personal safety. You're personal privacy has been gone for a long time, so it's not even a grave risk to privacy. Uh Speaking of that, speaking of that idea of privacy, mm -hmm. one of the, the big uh, things that is the idea of uh, encrypted apps, encrypted messaging mm -hmm. apps and encryption. And it, it doesn't seem that actually encryption was able to be beaten, but they've just kind of bypassed it altogether by hacking into your phone and being able to almost live on it and, and see what you're doing from there. So does that mean encryption has been, has been bypassed forever? Are these apps essentially useless or is there something still to them? One of the things that has been a constant in the uh, encryption business is that implementation uh, errors and implementation vulnerabilities are the best way to beat encryption. So you can have very strong encryption, but if it's badly implemented, uh, there's a way in. And when people reacted to Snowden by downloading all these uh, encryption apps, um, maybe they thought they were safe, but for the intelligence agencies around the world, all they did was change the nature of the problem. How do I get around your encryption to get access to the plain text? There will always be some access to plain text if only between your screen and the eyeball. So all you're doing is changing the playing field for me. Um, let's go into hypothetical for a moment um, and think about who, who should be worried about this. For instance, if I'm maybe an older gentleman who maybe used to using his outdated Android device, <laughs> uh, would I be worried about these kind of tools being available out there? That's a leading question. Uh, can I take the fifth on it? <laughs> no, I think <clears throat> the issue here is um, CIA does not do bulk collection, right? So one of the big complaints for Snowden was that the, the NSA was hoovering up data on millions of people. We can go back and forth about whether that was a good idea. I think it was a good idea, given what they did in the safeguards. CIA does not do that. They do targeted collection. So they select individuals who are of interest, and those would be foreign spies, terrorists, and people involved in proliferation networks. So yeah, if you fall into one of those categories, um, you might want to look over your shoulder now. But if you don't, um, you've got to worry more about the people who are collecting your data for commercial reasons than the CIA. Well, let's uh, go outside the U.S. then. Should we then assume that 
uh, other intelligence agencies, perhaps hostile intelligence agencies, have these these tools or similar? The Russians are a peer. Uh, anything we can do, they can do. Uh, there's a few other countries in that category. Um, some have said perhaps the knowing that these tools exist uh, will encourage other countries to adopt them. The problem with that is that it's an amateur's point of view. And one of the dilemmas we've had in this whole discussion is it's like virgins telling you about sex, right? If you're in the business, you knew this was how it was done. The first time I saw somebody take the battery out of their phone so it couldn't be used as a listening device was 1997, right? This has been going on a long time. If you're in the business, you know it, right? It's not a surprise. It's a surprise to civilians. That's nice. But the other guys have their own tricks, and their tricks work pretty darn well. So, Jim, whenever we speak, I kind of want to go live in a cabin up in the hills and disconnect everything. As a civilian, knowing all this, how should you proceed? Is there anything different you should do? Or is this just the normal state of play now in a connected society? I know these people, and they're not interested in your laundry list or your shopping or, you know, what you're doing online. I mean, this is, this is, not a, this is a foreign intelligence agency. They are not looking at Americans. Um, are they looking at foreigners? Yes, if they fall into one of those categories. Spy, terrorist, proliferator. If you're not in those categories, you've got nothing to worry about from the CIA. And I don't really care if you believe that or not, but when you talk to these people, how do they keep score? Do they keep score by saying, I saw Mrs. McGrundy's laundry list? That doesn't count as a win. What they want to do is they want to catch bad guys. They want to catch the people who, in the case, a recent case, uh, people who live in Syria and are developing WMD for use against the United States. For them, that's a win. Not your, not your, not your weekend plans. You know, there is a resource thing and there's a management thing, and their managers will tell them. We saw this in the Snowden stuff. There were only about a dozen cases of people looking uh, at personal data, and it was usually at their girlfriends. These were guys or people who were deployed, and they were looking to see what their girlfriends were doing while they were overseas. All of them were punished, right? So 12 cases in a decade, hard to get excited. And in this case, it's a foreign intelligence agency. They're going to do foreign intelligence. That's how they, they want to keep score in their own minds. And looking at your stuff does not let them keep feel like they've had a good day's work. And that was Jim Lewis bringing us to the end of our show. As always, if you want to get in touch with anything about the show, you can always get me on Twitter or by emailing cquinn at csis.org. That's it from me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>